Hey, welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show, the official podcast of HuskerHype.com. Justin here, along with the cousins, Derek and Tyler. It's game week, so this is going to be our spring game tailgate. Uh, first, before we get into anything, we got to get into the big news last week. Patrick O'Brien now leaving the program. Uh, Tyler, give us your thoughts on that. Yeah, I'm a little bit surprised to see that. Um, you know, a few weeks ago, I was on the podcast thinking that he had the upper hand to be our starter. Um, you know, there haven't been a ton of reports on the reasons why or nothing um, substantial. But one thing that it just appeared to me is that he wasn't a fit for the system. And, and I thought that from day one, I thought he was going to be our best quarterback, which was going to get him the job. And I never saw him as a fit for the Scott Frost system. Um, I, I don't know what was going on in practice, but it seemed like he was not connecting. Um, coaches had good things to say about him, but mostly, but um, just never really fit. Derek, I got to ask you, you've been a huge Patrick O'Brien supporter uh, through since he's been here. Uh, how much did your heart break when you heard the news? Johnny Stanton 2.0. <laughs> every time I just I'm done rooting for quarterbacks, guys. I, every time I root for a quarterback, they transfer. And, and I, I, it did surprise me a little bit with the timing of it. I don't know that I was overly surprised that he transferred. I guess, but the whole thing was, I guess I read into his high school stats and seen that he had 700, almost 700 yards rushing in his senior year, and I'm like, he's got to be all fair somewhat, right? I mean, the guy can run the ball. Apparently not, because he even admitted that he did not fit the offense. This is not the offense that he signed on for. I, I, I don't know. I'm not really sure why he didn't do it before spring started or at least finish spring out, especially considering yeah, you- he's going to finish his semester of college. That, that's what blows me away. I hope the best for the kid. I hope he goes somewhere and succeeds. Well, you, you know, you have to think that, you know, this the Scott Frost offense was – it wasn't a shock to anybody. I mean, as far as us Nebraska fans, once we started getting wind on what the Scott Frost offense was going to look like uh, or that he was going to be our head coach, all of us instantly became UCF fans. So we're tuning into all the games. We're watching it. You know the players are once they get, uh, you know, they sniff that, hey, Scott Frost could be the guy, especially after Mike Riley's gone. You have the their, their bowl game against Auburn. You see a see them in the AAC title game. He knew right away whether or not he was going to be a fit, right? And to your point, Derek, yeah, the timing was terrible. Uh, you know, he's going to finish up the, the semester. Maybe he shouldn't even signed up. But maybe, just maybe, it looked like a lot of fun to him and he thought he could compete. Uh, I kind of think that, you know, maybe the quarterbacks that we have on hand right now uh, between, you know, uh, Bunch, Jebbia, and Martinez – if they separated themselves so quick, you know, through what, like nine practices, I think it was, before he decided to transfer, that's got to say something about the quarterbacks that we have on hand. I, I just don't like the fact that he didn't stay around, like stick it out through the end of the spring. You know, go ahead and do the spring game. See what happens. It's not going to hurt you one bit. You're sticking around to the end of the semester. What's it going to hurt? He didn't want to compete, so he's gone. Uh, well, well, well. The thing with the to that point, Justin, you know, Frost has been very close to the vest on this quarterback. I mean, he he said as of today, it's going to be a while till he names a starter. 
I, I don't know where he was on the depth chart, but it's hard for me to imagine with the talent that that kid apparently had that he could have been that buried that yeah. he couldn't have seen his way out. And, and I just think there was some great self-awareness where he said, hey, I watch Mar- Adrian Martinez and I watch Andrew Bunch and watch Tristan Gibbia and I watch me and they look a little bit better in this offense than I do. Uh, I, I just, there had to be self-awareness because I, I find it hard to believe that the coaches were like, hey, you've got no shot when he was a lot of people's presumed to starter. Well, you know, they, they said that his reps were cut down. So, you know, maybe when he goes and get like the, the first reps of the practice or however the rotation goes, then all of a sudden you're kind of waiting and, you know, you get your a dozen reps in there. You know, that, that's got a way on you once you see, especially, you know, we're going to talk about the Sandra Bunch guy, but. You know, when you're losing s- snaps and reps to Andrew Bunch, that really has to be a wake-up call. Derek? Wait, no, let's not forget that. Yeah, he's a California kid. And I know Justin Jibby is, too. But, hey, you know, may- maybe, maybe, just maybe, he wasn't getting his orange slices and his participa- participation trophies. And maybe he did just say, screw it, I don't want to do it anymore. Maybe I'll just go somewhere where I know I can play. Well, there's no uh, ice cream and ices after practice anymore under Scott Frost, so that's got a way on you, I guess. I, I mean, I, I, also, I don't. Want, I, I also wanted to bring up. I, you guys keep mentioning all the other three quarterbacks, and I, I know there's probably a very slim chance, but Noah Vedral's putting in for a waiver to to where he could possibly get immediate eligibility. And I have to think that if he gets, if for whatever reason he does actually, actually get that eligibility, that he's almost got to be the front runner, right? I yeah, I think his name goes near the top of the list. Um, yeah, I, I, if not at the top, yeah, I, I think realistically right now, it, it is a if he doesn't get his, it's a two quarterback raise. If he gets it. Yeah, I mean, I I could put him at a one A option out out of the two, um, other two. I I just I think that there is very um, little chance this is going to happen. Um, but if he does, that could be a really good fit for the Scott Frost offense. He's Frost is loyal. He's shown his loyalty, and I think he'd be loyal to uh, Noah. I, I will say this: if if for whatever reason the NCAA does decide to grant him eligibility right away that you're going to see their rules transfer or their transfer rules. It's going to pass because that's kind of what he's keying on is the fact that they're trying to change these rules for the transfers, but they're trying to do it for next year. So he's just trying to get it a little, a little earlier than the rest, I guess. So I think if they grant it to him, I think you, I think the writing is on the wall that you're going to see transfers not to sit out a year. I want to talk about Andrew Bunch a little bit. You know, he's actually making waves. You know, uh, Sipple had a great article this past week about, you know, he's no longer the afterthought. You know, he's actually out there competing and looking pretty good doing it. Would you guys be hurt or not hurt, but uh, how would you guys feel if a walk-on quarterback won the uh, position battle come fall? Derek? You know, I... I will. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I'll root for any quarterback who's leading Nebraska, and I am not gonna. 
I'm, I might dog him a little bit if he's having a bad a bad year or a bad game. Or I'm not, I'm not going to say that it doesn't matter who our quarterback is. He's going to be taking some falls, and that's what the quarterback's job is. Uh, it would be a little concerning to me because I, I love walk-ons. I love the story of the walk-ons. Uh, but I just don't think that's the best position to be relying on a walk-on. Tyler, what do you think? Well, I mean, I, I, I don't care for your scholarship or walk-on. Um, I, I just want the best person out there. And, you know, there have been moves that Frost has made that I haven't completely been on board with, but this would be no different. I, I, would, I believe in Frost. I trust in Frost. Um, and I can see why he's making waves. I mean, the guy was a really good athlete in high school. He ran a 4-6-40, which is pretty athletic for a quarterback. He had 41 touchdowns and four interceptions in high school. I, I can see him making waves, let his team do his championship problem is what he did at JUCO. And this is where I just don't buy this hype. I think he's a good backup. He's feasible. The guy at JUCO led a 1-19. He had 55% completion. You know, 13 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. He was below average at JUCO. And I, I find it hard to believe that he's going to actually make waves. Backup, maybe. No way is he going to go into the fall as a starter. To, to be fair, those are better stats than Tanner Lee. They are not better than Tanner Lee. <laughs> I believe they were. I don't think Tanner Lee threw for over 55%, and he had way more than six interceptions. Well, you're talking about he's having Nebraska or Tulane? At Nebraska. Or Tulane. Oh, yeah. He's... Oh, even at Tulane, he had ten or eight or ten interceptions his two years there. Yeah. Well, I, he I, th- I think he didn't he... throw more than 55%, I don't think, in any of his years. Well, if, a, he that did, was if he one, did, it was fifty-six percent. Well, it was Division One competition. And I think Tulane won more than one game. Well, to be fair to Andrew Bunch and JUCO, the offensive coordinator that he's supposed to be working with, uh, he he bailed out on him prior to the football season because he went to get a job because he needed more money <laughs> to support <laughs> his pregnant wife. So, junior college coaches don't get paid well. And, and, and again, I don't want to be cruel Andrew Bunch. I think Andrew Bunch, you know, he's doing some nice things. We're not deep at quarterback. I could see him being going into the fall as the number two quarterback, um, probably behind Tristan Gibbia at this point. It seems like that. And say Martinez's red shirt. Um, and I would be fine with that. I think if, he, if the coaches feel he's capable. But what I really almost want to happen is I want to see a grad transfer. And a guy named Joe Burrow, Ohio State, um, family lineage is a guy that I just I, I am hoping that he leaves Ohio State. He, we can make a play at him. Hey, what are those odds? Hey, recruiting though? guy. Let me ask you this: Joe Burrows. I remember him being fairly high on Mike Riley's staff, and there was a connection to Nebraska for him. And I can't remember what it was. Do you remember what it was by chance? I think his dad played. His dad or uncle played at Nebraska. That's but, what I was thinking too. But that was it. Was Pelini's staff? It was like Pliny's last year or year before last. It may have been that transition with the Riley, but it because he's going to be a senior or junior. Be uh, so it's been a few yeah. redshirt junior. So he's going to been there for enough time. So um, yeah, that was a Pliny. But yeah, he had family lineage. So I, I believe it was he might have been his uncle. But yeah, um, some of our listeners will fact check us. But no, he's definitely had some. Lineage, and I think that would be a look because he doesn't look to be the starter at Ohio State. So, so uh, 
the spring game format was kind of released today. Uh, you know, they're going to do the first half. They're, they're going to play it, the game as normal with the clock stopping where it's supposed to be. Second half, it's going. the clock is going to run until you get five minutes left in the game, and then it will stop again. But then further, uh, <laughs> this is kind of confusing here. Uh, according to Scott Frost, all the guys that are playing well through spring practice are going to be on one side, <laughs> and then the rest are going to be on the other side. So to me, that kind of says, hey, the first and second string on one side, third and below. You guys are on the other team. Is that what you guys get out of that? that that's all I can gather out of it. I mean, whoever's playing well, you have to assume they're going to be the starters, right? I mean, they're not going to put yeah. the guys putting the starting or playing well in practice and the third and fourth string guys. I mean, yeah, that's that's the only thing I can come up with on that. I, yeah, I, I, I think that you guys are right. I think Frost is, like, scared to death to say the word death chart. And that is his verbiage to avoid to say our top two strings on one side. Um, I, I just I think he is anti saying that. I, I think sure. Scott Frost has become the master of co- of coach talk. God, he is not going right. to give anything that he doesn't have to give. Plain and simple. So, okay, am I reading too much? Like it's going to be the first and second string guys, or do you think it'll be like the first string guys and then? The reason I ask is if you have the first and second string on one side, what are you really doing? What are, what are you, you know, what are you proving there going against that level? I mean, I would want to see ones on ones or similar. You know, that's what I want to see. I think that's absolutely what he does not want to do, just because he doesn't want to be able to watch this game and get any kind of film on it. So I think he is. I, th- I think it is a possibility that he is going to just make this a scoring explosion for the offense, and the defense on the other side is going to shut him down. Tyler, yeah, I, I'm with you, Justin. I I, I, I would prefer ones on ones or ones versus twos. I, what I will say um, in the argument of this format, even though it's not what I like, you know, you look at college football today, and you see a lot more rotations with uh first and second string i mean there isn't necessarily one guy and i think if you set it up this way where you kind of have the you know you're taught two running backs playing together they're gonna flip reps anyway um it's kind of nice to have them on one squad but yeah to Derek's point i think this is setting up to be probably not the most competitive spring game we've seen um you know he frost made a comment that Sometimes those other guys can show up and win, but I, I, yeah. I think if you look at your fourth, third and fourth string being who you want to be your starters, um, that'll be interesting. But it will be curious to see if there's any people that we think will be a projected starter that he's kind of sending a message to by making go play with uh, the other guys. Yeah. Well, that go- okay, that's going to go into our next topic here with the uh, position battles. What position battles do you think there's a huge separation on, you know, those, those top two guys versus everybody else? Uh, Derek? Oh, man, I, I think there's a lot of them. I, I, I was kind of leaning towards defensive line, but I think I got to stick with the running backs. Like, that, that, that running backs, I, 
outside the quarterback position battle, which we've kind of went over a little bit. I mean, that's obviously the number one. Everybody's excited for the quarterback battle, and I, and and rightfully so. This is I, I seen I seen an article today that was talking about this is probably the most exciting quarterback battle since like twenty twelve, I think, or or two thousand eight was it with uh, Taylor Martinez and Cody Green and Zach Lee, where. Taylor Martinez ended up winning now, and this is probably the closest quarterback battle since then. And they're, they're probably right. Uh, but if you if you're if we're gonna just kind of glance over the quarterback battle, I, I think running backs has got to be probably number two because I know there's gonna be a lot of running backs that are gonna play, and I know that they're gonna be a committee, and there's gonna you're gonna see a lot of quarter running backs get some runs. But who's gonna be that guy? Who's gonna be the guy that you're excited to see come in, because there's going to be one. There's going to be who one that you're going to want to see a little more than the other. Derek, who do you think is going to come out on top in that battle? Uh, I'm leaning towards Greg Bell right now. Okay. Tad, our thoughts on the running back situation? Yeah, I mean, Greg Bell is definitely um, impressing people. Um, I, he, he, a guy we're not going to see in the spring game that I'm not ready to rule out is Trey Bryant. I think when it comes fall time, if he gets healthy, he just seems like he would be a fit. He's starting to rehab. He's starting to run. Um, I, I think it's still in there. Um, other running backs I'm excited to see. I, I'm excited to see what Mikhail Wilbon is, see if, how he looks in this offense, see how they use him. Um, you know, if he was a guy that made it to – I. I the other guys, I could see him being one of those guys that maybe shines in this game because he'll probably get a lot of reps if Zigbo and Bell are with the um, the players playing well. And Wilbon, he would probably be the guy leading the way. And I would be curious to see on this offense how he looks because I am a Mikhail Wilbon fan. Um, I'm just waiting to see him put it together. Tyler, is there another position battle out there that you're uh, anxious to see? I'm really, really anxious to see our inside linebackers. Um, you know, right now, I think you're going in the fall with four guys that have kind of, you know, in theory, put themselves in the position. But I think those four guys could be a really good position unit. Um, Diedrich Young um, is obviously played around a while. Muhammad Barry is coming along really well in spring. They say his bench is up to 365 pounds. I think he was athletic. He played well last year. Will Honus, I... I Obviously, a good Juco coming in. And Avery Roberts, um, there have been talks about what he's done in the spring. Maybe not the greatest, but he was a highly recruited. I, I really like to see your inside linebackers. And I, I think this is a position group we might get a little inside of some of the separation. Well, to add to that, Avery Roberts, you know, Barrett Root, he was highly critical, you know, that maybe Avery Roberts wasn't in the best of shape headed into spring camp. And, you know, he's, he's got he's to put more work in. Uh, I'm really anxious to see on uh, what side of the field is he lining up on? Is he the uh, guys that perform well, or you know, maybe he gets a pass just because who he is? Or is he going to be with some of the guys that aren't performing as well? So that's going to be really interesting to see as well. Uh, what about defensive backs? Oh, go ahead, Derek. Well, I, just back on the linebacker's point, especially the Avery Roberts thing. Like, I kind of wonder myself if uh like uh barrett root's comments about his uh he's a smart enough guy but 
he's just not there athletic or not athletically, but he's not, he's not built up to where we want him yet. And he's, he needs to work harder and this and that kind of makes me wonder if, uh, I don't know if they're trying to motivate him through the media or if maybe he's our next transfer, but I will say this. I do think he will be on the latter half, the, 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 the ones not playing so well half of the of the, of the of the crew and maybe that is a motivation point for the kid yeah but also it could be a uh run you out of here kind of move i don't know i'm not going to guarantee he's going to transfer but the comments made on him kind of makes me wonder if they're not gonna i you hate to see anybody transfer but uh, it just it just well, kind of it just Barrett Rude's comments were just rubbing me the wrong way, I guess. Fact of the matter is that we're going to need attrition, whether people transfer or whether they're just, hey, you know, we don't have room for you. It has to happen. We have uh, two or three guys that just need to go at this point. Uh, and, you know, if we need to make room for uh, Tyler's quarterback from Ohio State Burroughs, uh, you know, somebody, <laughs> you, you just can't bring them in. You know, there's a trade-in factor there. Uh, are there any position, other position groups that you guys are really excited for? Well, and Derek, Derek kind of hit on this defensive line. Um, you know, I think this is a position group that, you know, last couple of years has definitely been a weakness. Man, you're going to next year. That's got to be looking like a strength. And the depth of that position group is looking better than ever with, uh, Damian Daniels, Deontay Thomas, uh, Peyton Newell really stepping up this spring, not to mention the guys that played a lot last year and Stolenberg, who's been out, um, Freedom, and the Davis Twins. I mean, that's if, if Newell and Damian Daniels are really developing the way they are saying, that's looking like a really good position group right now. They said yeah. Damian Daniels is up to 325 pounds. That's huge. And that, that is absolutely huge. And it just amazes me. I mean, and he's getting a lot of reps with, with like you said, Stoltenberg being out. So he's getting a lot of reps at that nose tackle position. And uh, it sounds like he is just doing great. And I think they've moved uh, – well, well uh, not Deshaun Neal. What was the uh, guy Thomas? No. What, what was the guy that played last year? The true freshman. Dante Thomas? Dante, Dante Thomas. Thomas. There you go. Yeah. Uh, they, I think it sounds like he's moved out to uh, more of a defensive end position. Yeah. So that's opening up Dave, Damian Daniels, uh, more of a more playing time in mm-hmm. in the nose tackle spot. And uh, I mean the 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 Davis twins. I mean I, I've been excited about these guys since we got them. But yeah, I, I do think that uh, defensive line is going to be a fun fun. Uh, position group to watch. The, the only reason I need to put that above maybe the the uh, running backs is I think you're going to see maybe even more uh, moving in and out with that. So yeah, I think you're going to see more players, more. more uh, I, I'm, I'm forgetting my word. Sorry. <laughs> All right, uh, let's let's uh, move on a little bit. What player out there is going to shine uh like uh who 
some under the radar guy that we're all going to get excited for, you know, like the Austin Rose of years past that he played for like 17 years and everybody would love to see him. Who's going to be that guy this year that we're all going to jump on? Wyatt Missouri was a guy last year that everybody was jumping on the bandwagon with. Who's going to be the Wyatt Missouri this year? Tyler? I'm going to go with uh, maybe not quite as low as uh, Wyatt Missouri, but Kian Williams. You know, we've spent some time talking about wide receiver, but, you know, it sounds like he is finding his role in this offense. I I could see him being a guy that's on that other guy's tier um, and, and really kind of showing up uh, and maybe making some big plays down the stretch. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited to see what he can go and offer. Well, maybe I asked the question poorly because I think that uh, – He's going to get a lot of playing time this year. <laughs> what I was attempting to ask, what guy is going to really shine that everyone's going to get uh, hung up on and never sniff the field? <laughs> oh, you don't think that, that's, that's a tough question. Yeah, that's but, a but, question. But your original question, I, <laughs> your original question, like uh, Tyler, I'm in the same position. And maybe, maybe wide receivers, maybe that's what we should have talked about. My, my, my guy was Javon McQuitty. Like, I mean, there's been a little bit of hype around him when he came in and everything. And he spent some time injured. And we have, we've never seen the guy on the field. We've never seen this guy on the field. And it sounds like he is just tearing it up this spring. Just tearing it up. He yeah. and, and, and he's willing to block. He's willing to do everything that it sounds like this coaching staff's wanting out of a wide receiver. What about that tight end group? Jack Stoll, he's uh, making waves out there. Sounds like he's uh, he could be uh, the real deal at tight end. You guys like that I mean, tight end group? You, you have a lot of depth there. I mean, I think that's a position group that you're really looking at, seeing who's going to be the guy. You have, uh, you know, you have him. You have Inglehop. Um, you have the two freshmen that came in last year. Uh, the two Giants. You have Cam Jones. Yeah. Uh, I mean, or Jurgens, Cameron Jurgens. Uh, um, I mean, you have a lot of depth there. Um, going in the fall, but I, I'll be curious to see. I think that's the one position group that I'm most curious where people are going to line up because I have no idea who's going to emerge as the starting tight end. Well, I think I think the the hardest thing to think about in this in that tight end conversation is you don't know what they're expecting out of their tight ends compared to the previous staff. True, and, and, and I think that makes it, that's what makes it so hard. I mean, I don't know if they're expecting the guys to block or if they're expecting to catch the ball a lot or if the way. I understand that they're going to expect a little bit of everything out of these guys, but they, that's why they go after these uh, hybrid guys rather than just your typical tight end. And so I, it's, it's hard to say who you expect to see ex- succeed out of that position just because you don't know what they're going to expect out of them and, and, what, and what they can do to, to, to uh, meet those expectations. As far as the kicking game goes, we're not going to see anything, uh, no kickoffs or anything. I, I'm not clear. Are there going to be any punts in this game? Do you guys are you, know? Are you wanting to make fun of Caleb Lightborn again? No, no, no. What? <laughs> no, not. <laughs> hey, I, I'm a big fan after last year. Oh, yeah. Hey, no. What, what I wanted to know is uh, who may emerge as that punt returner? Who's shining at that? Because I, I think that that's a position that really intrigues me. Uh, but are we going to be able to see that this weekend? 
I don't think so. I, I would be and there might be someone back there to field punts. I would be shocked if there is any uh, actual returns. That I think it's just see. fair catch only. I kind I, I, I don't know. I kind I kind of almost disagree because it sounds like Scott Frost is wanting a live game in that first half, and with the live game comes punts. I mean, I know he's not wanting to do kickoffs. He kind of mentioned he didn't really want to do kickoffs, but part of the live game and, and maybe the uh, the way he's got it set up is so lopsided, you'll never see a punt anyway, but I don't know. Oh, there's that. Well, a guy that I was looking forward to, and I don't know if we will because he's been sick, is uh, J.D. Spielman. I'd love to see what he could do as a punt returner. Hopefully we just were able to see him play a little bit in the game. He's been battling uh, the flu or some sickness. So the, the good thing about him is we know what he can do. Like, we know he's a great player. We've seen him in games. Oh, absolutely. So so we know, at least, we, I mean, maybe you don't see him in the spring. I hope we kind of do. But if we don't, we at least know that he can do something well. Well, I'm surprised in the uh, wide receiver conversation you guys were having that uh, Tyjon Lindsay wasn't brought up as a guy to. Well, we didn't go through depth chart. I, I, think, the, I think the wide receiver to me. It, it, I think there's a couple of sleepers out there. I think you know, McQuitty is one of them, the guy that not we we've kind of overlooked. Um, Williams, I brought up. I, I think you know you have Rymers too. You have a few guys out there that um, you could see getting playing time. Uh, but I think that top of the depth chart with Stanley Morgan, Lindsey, and Spielman is pretty well set going into the fall. I, I shy of injury, I'd be shocked if those aren't our three main wide receivers. Well, that, that was a, that was another guy. Almost, I, I kind of meant to bring up with the tight ends was that Justin McGriff, and uh, he, I think he fills that role of that hybrid H back tight end role to to a T of what they want. It's just a matter of are they going to want him play as a true freshman? And I and and, and look, um, Scott Frost has had no problems playing true freshmen, so it's not a out of the realm of possibilities that we could see this guy a lot either. True. Well, this weekend, maybe the weather is something to keep an eye on. You know, last night when we was looking at, you know, when we were discussing the spring game last night, you know, I looked at the weather. It's supposed to be cold in the 40s and rainy. Today you look at it, and it's like 55. It's supposed to be 55 degrees and 20% chance of rain. Hopefully it's a great day because uh, we don't want rain. We don't, we don't want to see any injuries come out of the spring game. Plus, I want to see a good game. I don't want to see. I don't want to see a lot of turnovers because that's a, it's a hell of an off season to have to debate and go back and forth with if uh, we see a sloppy game. Uh, Tyler, this weekend we got a. Oh, go ahead, Derek. Well, I just kind of wanted to be the bad guy and go. I kind of hope for all the bad weather, just for all the shitty fans that spent too much money to go to this game. I hope they suffer. <laughs> oh yeah, buy up all the tickets and sell them for like uh, big money. Yeah, that's that's terrible. But you know what? People are going to try to find a way to make a dollar. Uh, anyway, Tyler, the list of visitors this weekend is uh, kind of impressive. Tell us about that. Well, I, I think you know we don't really have we don't have any official visits uh, scheduled as of right now for the spring game, but we do have some unofficial visits. Uh, one of the guys that's rumored or semi-confirmed to be on campus this weekend is going to be Kyle Ford. Um, he is a four-star um, wide receiver. He's a top 100 overall prospect. 
Um, you're also going to look at uh, John Burns and Spencer Little, um, both the three-star at their respective positions. But I, I think what one of the things is, is I'm a little shocked that the coaching staff, and one thing I like that Riley did is make the event of this. And I'm a little surprised that Frost isn't doing it. Um, and maybe these guys will be there, but those the two kids from Omaha Burke, um, Nick Henrik, Heinrich was just in uh, on campus today, um, but I'm I would be disappointed if he is not there because he is leaning right now towards Notre Dame, and to lose out on a kid from Omaha to Notre Dame would be really the antithesis of what Scott Frost has been preaching about keeping in-state kids there. So um, there'll, there'll be some interesting things. You know, Micah Pittman, who's not coming at the spring game, is unofficial scheduled for May fifth. So we do have some big official visits. Um, for people that don't remember, Micah Pittman is a um, he's the number eight overall wide receiver from Calabasas. So our friend Brian Wilson, uh, one of his boys out there. So um, we do have some good recruits, but this, this coaching staff is definitely slow balling it. Derek, any thoughts on the visitors? I, I think me and Tyler talked about this. Uh, I guess it was a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, you know, I, I just – I don't know if this is, this seems like, a, especially this year, I could see maybe in the future where you don't want to get future or uh, official visits for the spring game. But I think this year where you're show where you have 90,000 fans showing up, this is the year that you're going, okay, maybe we need to use some official visits and get some guys out here. Because if we can show up for a spring game like this, imagine what we're going to do in a real game. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, and so, and so I don't think he's using the early visits as as well as he probably should, but he he, he knows what he's doing, and so I don't want to question him. But it, it just seems odd that you don't try and get more official visitors in the in a situation of this. Well, Derek uh, Max Dugan, uh, quarterback that you kind of liked, and uh, he committed to TCU this week. Any thoughts on that? Well, there's still a chance, you know. I don't believe any of these commitments <laughs> as early. These guys decommit too much anymore. I, I so I, I don't know. I, I hope for I hope the best for kid. If he goes to TCU, as long as we're not playing, I'm all root for him. Whatever. Hey, you kind of liked you kind of liked our chances though there for a while, didn't you? I mean, it, we, we talked it, about the recruits. It really seemed like he would. I mean, the guys uh, stones throw away from Lincoln. I mean, you would think. You would think you'd have a pretty good shot at getting him. And, and I don't know, maybe Scott Frost. I know they had talked to him, and I know they had had conversations with him and his family and his coaches. Maybe, maybe they didn't see him as the best fit for the program. I don't know. So maybe they backed off. I mean, Tyler's a recruiting guy, so he probably know more, a little bit more about that than I do. But Yeah, I, I, I have no insight. I mean, he, you know, he talked – about his decision to go TCU and yeah. And, and, and there wasn't anything uh, negative about Nebraska or the new coaching staff. Um, the biggest thing that I took away is he just really liked TCU. I mean, TCU has been a damn good program, but Derek, you, to your point, I mean, he may not be an in-state prospect, but he might as well. I, I would expect Scott Frost to definitely keep the pressure or, or the blitz on him. I would like to see him come for an official um, I, I would expect that still is a possibility. I mean, it's a two-hour drive for the kid. Um, I, w- I would expect to. And then you never know. You get them in Lincoln. 
Um, you never know, but I because I think there is going to be room on this quarterback roster uh, for a kid that that talent. What do you think of the current recruiting class as it stands now, Tyler? Uh, I it's early. It's early. Dirk, Dirk, you have any thoughts on the current recruiting class? I, I agree, it is early, and so it's probably not much of a reason to get too concerned. But the fact that we've got four recruits and they're all mid to low three stars is it's a little concerning. But it's so early, I don't want to get too worried about it yet. But I mean, we just picked up this running back, uh, Grayson Thompson. And he's the lowest recruit out of our class. Out of I think it was out of Oklahoma. And the other three guys are all from Nebraska. And if Nebraska guys are out outranking you in in the recruiting job, something's got to give. I mean, well, I think this spring game, you know, selling out a spring game is going to be impressive. It's going to go a long ways with, uh, you know, how how cool it is to be at Nebraska. So. Yeah, but I, but that's the problem. Is there not, no one's going to beat? I mean, if a tree falls in the woods and no one hears it, did it really make a sound? I mean, that's the thing. Is like, is anyone going to know that we sold it out? Because I, we sure as hell ain't getting put on ESPN. We're getting put on I mean, a Big Ten network. Well, no one watched the Big Ten network. <laughs> well, well, appar- well, apparently uh, you're not going to be able to hardly get the Big Ten network if you're with uh, what was it, Comcast. Yeah. Yeah. Outside the Big Ten network, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, you're already seeing tweets go around uh, national, uh, you know, of what the spring practice attendance records. You know, you see who's doing good, and you see the uh, places that aren't doing well, like uh, Missouri. Missouri, you're seeing that tweet go around. You know, like 14 people showed up that weren't parents, <laughs> and uh, so if you see these lists, they they're going to gather and. Uh, you know, Nebraska, they're up there at the top of the list with 85, 90,000 people. You know, that's that would be cool, right? No? Tyler, yeah. you're shaking your head like you don't Well, I, I, who, what, what, what team led the last year in spring attendance? Ohio State. Okay. Do you think that's why they had a recruiting class that well? I mean, it's awesome. I, I love it, that correlation. I love that correlation. You know, they had a huge spring game and – you know, top well, I, I, I was shocked at I was shocked at Derek called that out, but I was I figured the response was I don't remember because again it, it's cool if you're there. It, it is a blurb that you maybe mention when a kid's on campus. This this is if you're not there, you don't see the environment. It's not going to be on major television. And if even if it was, how many kids are really sitting at home watching the another school spring game? Uh, well, and the atmosphere won't be do, won't be justified on tele- television. So it's cool. I wish I was going to be there, but I don't think it's going to help us recruit. Well, I, okay. I'm just going to say this last little thing. You know, one of the things that Mike Riley was really good at is building up all the hype about all these events, whether it's Friday Night Lights or, you know, spring game. And the word got around with all these recruits. And then they would want to show up for this Friday Night Lights uh I'm blanking on his name. The five-star kid that went to Penn State. He showed up. Help me out here. Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons. He shows up because he wants to experience all that stuff. I I think there is something with the social media aspect with all these recruits. You get them talking and stuff. 
I mean, Mike but, Riley couldn't coach for shit, but he could get talent. He could get talent to Nebraska. I he mean, could, but the, the problem is, is they actually showed up for these events. Right well, now, these kids aren't showing up for these events. And okay, it's, too, and I'm, it's, I'm not gonna, it's first. I'm it's, not, a, it's Scott Frost's first event. I mean, come on. I mean, I think that's unfair to say, but well, social I mean, media is going to go a long way to appeal to these other recruits. And, and it's still early in the week, and being unofficial, I wouldn't be shocked if you look at a few other names that decide to come down. Again, those Omaha Burke kids haven't said they're coming. One was just on campus today. One was a week ago. I would be shocked if they didn't show up for that. Um, so that unofficial list could grow. But again, I, I, I'm not using this as Scott Frost's first go as an excuse why he's not getting more people there. All right, let's move on. Uh, uh, there's going to be some rules changes in the, uh, for the NCAA coming this year. Most of them are, you know, they're meaningless. But there are a couple here that uh, are intriguing. There's a, a rule change that affects the kickoffs. And this rule change involves the receiving team will have the option to fair catch a kickoff inside the 25-yard line, which will result in a touchback at the 25-yard line. So if you got a kicker, you kick it to the 15, they fair catch it, touchback. Uh, Derek, what do you think of this rule? Uh, originally, I hated this rule. I thought, I'm like... You're just trying to kill college football with this rule. Like, I mean, come on. Kickoff kickoff returns and punt returns are two of the most exciting plays in all of college football. And then I started thinking about it, and I'm like, you know, in a situation where, like, what you're talking about, how often do you see a kicker actually kick it just to the 15-yard line? It doesn't happen very often. It usually goes to the goal line or within at least, at least inside the 10-yard line. So I don't know if it affects the game as much as what I originally thought. But I still just leave, leave stuff alone. I, I'm an old-fashioned guy. Just leave it alone. Tyler. Well, Derek, I agree with you that today you don't see that happen much. But I'm going to tell you this much. If I'm Scott Frost right now, I'm teaching Kayla Lightborn how to pin someone inside the five-yard line on a kickoff. I mean, I mean that's the thing. If you – yeah, it's not gonna do you any good. Let these kids fair catch it, but put it on the ten yard line. Make, kick it twelve yard, maybe five yard line's not the right area, but put it on the you know the twelve or something, and see if you can put it higher in the air. Kick these balls higher in the air and make them fair catch it. I mean that's gonna be a touchback, but I mean it gives you a little bit different perspective on that. I don't know. I just think I think you're gonna see strategies change. I, I understand. You know they're doing this all because of safety. Uh, you know, player safety. That's that's that is the one play that you're more likely to get hurt on. So it makes sense. There's a lot of bodies running at high speeds, colliding with each other, getting hurt. So I understand. I don't know if this is going to really fix it because you know they just have the option to fair catch it. Uh, you know, they don't have to fair catch it. They can still haul ass and run. And I don't well, know. Maybe. maybe I think the other thing you have to remember is the only the only person that this is uh, protecting is the guy catching the ball. Like these guys are still going to run down as hard as they can, and the guys trying to block them are still going to get hit just as hard until the guy yeah. fair catches it. 
So the only guy, if this rule changed, the only thing that's protecting is the guy catching the ball. Yeah, good point. Uh, moving on, another rule change is uh, pace of play. Uh, the play clock is going to be set to 40 seconds after a TD and after a kickoff. That's going to be unusual, but I don't think there's any harm with that. I like that rule. You guys have any thoughts? I think the best thing about that rule is you have to at least cut back on commercial break. I, I, unless they're going to go, well, we're going to go commercial break, and then the 40 clock start, or 40 second clock starts. But outside of that, I think it just cuts down on commercials and probably speeds up. I mean, that's what, that's what, let's face it, that's what slows the game down so much is the commercial breaks anyway. <clears throat> well, the, the way I kind of read this is it's after. 40 seconds after the TD, so you can kick the extra point or two-point conversion. And then it allows for the TV timeout. Then right after you kick it off to the other team, then they got 40 seconds to uh, snap the ball. That's the way I read it. Well, if, they, if that's the case, I don't think it changes anything. Because it's not like we come back from a commercial break and we're just sitting here waiting two minutes for a kickoff. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting. Uh there's another one that I thought was mildly noteworthy, and that's the addition of a 10-second runoff when instant replay overturns a ruling on the field inside of one minute in either half if the correct ruling would not have stopped the game clock. So I guess this is one of those things where you know they stop the clock, challenge the play, uh, take a look at the, the film, and then it, it acts as a timeout effectively. This In this place you know they're just gonna run the clock it's like okay well the clock shouldn't have stopped anyway for that timeout 10 second runoff what do you think tyler's tyler shaking his head nobody can hear that <laughs> but uh you, you know i i guess i don't have a problem with this rule but again i'm kind of a little more of the old-fashioned guy and just leave it alone the pace of play and the and the time of the game really doesn't affect me because I'm going to sit and watch the game. If it's, if it's a good game, I'm going to watch it to the end. If it's not a good game, I'm probably going to change to a different game. If it's a Husker <laughs> game, I'm going to watch it till the end unless we're getting beat 70 to 10. Yeah, true that. All right, guys. Well, we'll be uh, catching up in the spring game, but now it's time for our last call segment where we can go off the rails and talk about any topic. And have a comment on last call to you, Tyler. Well, you know there are a lot of really good sports seasons out there, but one of the, my favorites is the NBA playoffs. And it, it started with a really good weekend of basketball. Um, you had the Boston Milwaukee game, which was a really cool finish, and then the Rockets game Sunday night. But probably my favorite part is the fact that Cleveland right now is down zero one. I ain't saying they're going to lose to the Pacers, but that series is going to get dragged out, and the pay- and the Cavs are not making the finals this year. Derek? Oh, you got to be kidding me. You're leaving out probably the best game of the whole playoffs so far this year, and that's Dwayne Wade draining the friggin' three at the last second. Uh, look, I, I hope that Cleveland loses in the first round. I, I go Indianapolis. I hope they win four games to none. Hey, I'm just going to add to this. You know, I don't want to see the – well, 
you guys hate the Cavs anyway. I kind of like the Cavs. But I don't want to see the Cavs in the finals either. And I damn sure don't want to see Golden State. Let's get some new blood in there into the NBA finals and make it worth watching this year. So uh, I want to see some new blood. Last call to you, Derek. All right. So the New York Yankees spent a lot of money. And I can't tell you the exact figures, but they spent a lot of money to get Giancarlo Stanton at their, on their team. <clears throat> Giancarlo Stanton, as of right now, has 28 strikeouts, leading the major league ba- leading all of Major League Baseball. He's batting a 200 even, and uh, has three home runs. So it just goes to show you that hey, Yankees, you can't buy your championships every year, dumbasses. Hey, you know what? Maybe it's just uh, it's too cold, too cold up there. You know those Yankee fans that are booing them right now. They're going to come around once he starts hitting. His bat isn't going to stay cold all year long. That's he's too he good of a healthy. player for that. Yeah, he's too good of a player. Tyler? He, he is too good of a player, but I will tell you right now, I'm glad that the Cardinals did not sign him because that looks like a waste of money today. <laughs> yeah. All right, last call to me, and my last call goes to Tim Miles for uh, being able to get his contract extended through 2021. Deserving or not, he got an extra year. Tyler? I think it was 100% deserving. He had one of the best years in recent history in Nebraska. He's arguably been our most successful coach in the last 20 years um, in Nebraska, which is not saying much. But uh, I think he deserves it. Gives a little bit more stability. Good Kudos to you, Tim Miles. Absolutely. Yeah. I, look, Tim Miles had one of the best years regular season of all time in Nebraska and and to win that many conference games and finish fourth in the big 10 probably should have been in the NCAA tournament. Maybe they had had gotten him up a little bit better for that than he did the NIT tournament where we just kind of laid a turd. Where, where we we also all agreed that we got kind of screwed in the NIT tournament with our seating. So I, I don't know if that has any effect in it, but look, the guy the guy did have one of the best seasons, and he he, he deserves something out of it. All right, well that's going to do it for us tonight. Uh, be sure you stay tuned and look for the Husker Cuzcast Saturday night. At- uh, following the spring game, we're going to do a Husker Cuzcast instant reaction. That's going to be a lot of fun. We'll see uh, who's sober for that one. Uh, so look for us then. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuzcast on Twitter at Husker Cuzcast. Like us on Facebook. You can find all of our episodes on Podbean and on iTunes. Make sure you check out Husker Hype for all the latest in Husker news. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we'll see you Saturday night. And as always, go Big Red. Go Big Red.